Welcome to Ball and Beards podcast on this Monday. I hope your week has started off fantastic. Ben, how yes, are you? Sir. I'm doing pretty well. Good start to the week. Glad to be on here doing episode two. Episode two. We're geared. We're ready. And boy, Toronto was ready too. They started off, uh, you know, really well last night. It was nice to see. I mean, I, I really kind of wrote them off. And look, I still think Milwaukee's going to win that series, obviously. But that was really inspiring to see. I mean, there's some fight left in Toronto, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's nice to see uh, Kawhi get going. Uh, finally, I feel like he was coming out flat trying to figure out um, who they're going to put on him and where he was going to get scoring opportunities. I got—I have to be honest though—I didn't get to see most of the game. I—I uh, I did get what? to see. <laughs> hey, I mean, last night was Sunday night, man. For any of my Game of Thrones friends out oh, there, <laughs> the worst thing. Yeah, don't tell me anything. I don't care. But there you I, go. I mean, <laughs> the feedback. And the uh, conversation about that show is pretty remarkable, to be honest, though. Yeah, I mean, it has a lot of negative reviews from its fans, but it is what it is. But, I mean, you know, just to stick to the basketball game, I did get to see overtime and the second overtime uh, when I was at the gym this morning. So I do have some thoughts on that. I mean, it was tightly contested in the first overtime, but that second overtime – I felt like Milwaukee was still in control, and I think that they probably would have won if Giannis doesn't foul out on that blocking call in the second overtime. Yeah, yeah. they. You know, I I do think that, you know, Milwaukee did uh, squander an opportunity to completely uh, put a stranglehold on that series because now game four is going to be absolutely rocking. I mean, that Toronto fan base is outstanding, and and Drake was certainly in his feelings last night. I mean, the emotion. That guy, and you know it's it's funny because uh, when when you watch the TNT guys who are just great, I mean, you know Charles Barkley, Kenny the Jet Smith, Shaq, Ernie. I mean, they're just so much fun to watch. I mean, it's one of the honestly, I think it's one of the most fun uh, broadcasts when it comes to sports there is out there. Uh, their pregame shows are great. Inside the NBA stuff's awesome, and but I, but Charles said it best. I mean that he loves that city. That fan base is outstanding, and they are loud. I mean, I mentioned it to you. Prior to, uh, you know, I think I mentioned on episode one, great fan base. Milwaukee and Toronto, outstanding fan bases. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, they definitely had that place rocking us in the overtime, which, you know, I mean, everyone loves free basketball once you get into those extra quarters. But, um, yeah, no, the crowd was definitely there and definitely alive in the portions I did see, which was great to see because, I mean, those first two games, Milwaukee just dominated them. Giannis was playing that bully ball, just pushing any guy around who was guarding him. Sure. No, I, I think, uh, you know, the one thing I've noticed in that uh, series, yeah, Toronto's got to be physical. I mean, they, they got a battle. I mean, they, they did the first two games. I mean, Milwaukee could do whatever they wanted. You know, guys had freedom to do anything. I thought they did a much better job on Giannis. It's not like he had a horrible game. I think it's so funny when these, these uh, talking heads – put out there that Giannis played bad last night. The guy had 23 rebounds. Um, he didn't score as effectively as, as he usually is. But he still, you know, was great. But I just thought Kawhi was the difference. I mean, I Kawhi, 36-9-5. He was big, big moments. Yeah, no, he was, I mean, he was huge for that team. Giannis even said it after the game that, you know, Kawhi is going to get his shots. 
eventually. I mean, they did a really good job in those first two games, but yeah, anytime you run into any other kind of superstar in this league, they're going to get their points in any series. Someone's going to figure out a way to score when you're at some at that certain range of a talent level. Um, but like you said, like, you know, I mean, Giannis was pretty shut down. I think the thing that you saw is that the Raptors actually, I thought, took more chances attacking Giannis when he attacked the basket, you know, going for those swipes, just swinging for the ball and making those shots difficult. Um, you know, whether they fouled him or not, there definitely were a couple that I thought uh, the Raptors got away with. This one where he gets caught in the eye and they call a jump ball on him and Kawhi in the first overtime. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, but the rest aren't going to catch everything. And when you have that many plays going to the rim, like you do when you have a player like Giannis attacking the rim like he does, you know, there are going to be missed calls. And, I mean, you've seen it all year long with him. Sometimes he gets them, sometimes he doesn't. He's not at that LeBron James level yet where he gets every call, but he'll get there. Yeah, I had a really close friend of mine. It's funny, he messaged me. He said, I think Giannis travels more than Harden. And I tend to agree sometimes because those long strides are very Patrick Ewing-ish. And uh, where he just strides to the basket three, four steps sometimes. And uh, that's impossible to stop. You know, going to the other series, though, I mean, obviously, Golden State's just complete control now, 3 0 uh, up on the Trailblazers. It's remarkable because obviously I've been posting a lot about Draymond. Draymond Green is a Saginaw, Michigan native, uh, Michigan State Spartan, great. Um, but 35th pick overall in uh, the 2000, I believe it was 10. I was doing this thing with him and Evan Turner. I was comparing in which direction they went. It was either 2010 or 12. I, I wish I had it right in front of me, but the opposite direction where Evan Turner was drafted, number two, Big Ten, guy, Draymond goes 35th in a, in a couple-year span there, and look at the difference. I mean, I do think it matters what team you're on. I think Draymond, it's a blessing that he was able to with guys like Steph and Clay and uh, be a part of uh, an organization like the Warriors. But he's been very impressive. I mean, he he's not – people get a little too ahead of themselves when they say he's the main reason. He's not the main reason, but he is a huge part. Talk about Draymond a little bit because, I mean, he had a big game, triple-double. And he even mentioned, you know, he's, he's trying to try not to talk to the officials the way he has been. <laughs> he was great. Yeah, I mean – Guys like Draymond, um, you know, maybe they, you know, he doesn't put up hardly ever like more than 20 points. You know, those are rare showings, but he just stuffs the box score in every other department as well. So he gets those triple doubles like he had. I think what the last two games, or did he? I think he might have missed the triple double in game two, but he just, I mean, he's a difference maker in the fact that he gets the ugly rebounds, he gets uh, like the chippy steals, block shots. Um, and then even handles the ball and can pass it off, you know, a really underrated, uh, you know, ball hander and distributor for a big man. Um, but, you know, he's one of those reasons that keeps that offense moving when you don't have Durant in the game. The Warriors run one of the best like, motion offenses ever seen in basketball, I think. You constantly have guys running around coming off of off-ball screens and then when you have a Draymond Green that can pass that ball, and it's not always Steph Curry having to uh, run the offense, you know, it just makes them that much more dangerous. 
Oh, sure. They what one of the things they do an outstanding job of is, is they will get it in uh, in the high post area with Draymond, and, and they'll have Steph screening for Clay, and it's it's Clay curling, it's Steph popping. They don't know if they should switch it. There's all sorts of confusion, and sometimes they set a pin down. And then, uh, you know, Clay will curl, and then he sets another screen, and they're slipping sometimes in the opposite end. I mean, it's just a lot of movement. You, you hit it on the end. That motion offense is outstanding. Sometimes they dump it into the post, and they have screening going on outside of three-point line. And then you're really in trouble because now the paint is wide open. And yeah. they do that better than anybody uh, in the world. I mean, they're just really good at slipping and really good at popping. I got to say that one of my favorite plays that they run is um... – they did. I saw them do it a little bit with Boogie, which was great. But they can't do it when Durant's on there because Durant just turns into a pillar. And uh, there's a really popular radio show host in New York that used to gave, uh, give this nickname to Carmel Anthony, the isolationist, because as soon as he got the ball, everything just stopped. And that's kind of yes. the way it is with Durant. But there's this one play that I love that um, the Warriors run where they set up usually Steph at the top of the key and Draymond or Boogie would come up, set a screen, and they'd run the pick and pop, but they don't always they don't pass it or they don't shoot it on the pop. And it's designed that way. And what you have is you actually have um Clay Thompson coming around underneath catching a screen from the other big man down below the basket, coming in the corner or even kind of swinging up onto the wing more. And he gets an open shot almost every time and they run that play beautifully. Like I mean, you know it's coming and yeah, you never see anybody stop it. They're the best screening team in basketball, and that's why they're Absolutely. another reason why they're so good. They share the ball. They also can shoot the lights out. That doesn't hurt. Um, but they, they do have pieces. One thing I want to add to them before we get into something else, they always have a couple guys who slide in and make uh, things happen. McKinney, uh, who actually was a teammate of one of my good friends, Tyler Laser at Eastern Illinois. Uh, my friend Tyler is a is an overseas pro, plays in Germany, pro A. So I wanted to shout him out real quick. But uh, McKinney was a guy who's been beat up, injured in college, kind of bounced around pro leagues. And now he steps up and makes plays, hits shots, hit a couple big shots in game three. And then Kevin Looney's been huge. I mean, he's been huge oh, for yeah. him when he's slipping and when he's, you know, he's always open, <laughs> but he's finishing the shots. I mean, and then he's a great screener. It's just awesome to see not only do they have the core, not only do they have arguably the best player, in the world of KD, they have role guys. And Iguodala's been unreal. Livingston's been great. Quinn Cook, Duke, shout out. He's hit shots. I mean, it just seems like no matter what year it is, a guy steps up and hits shots. And uh, JaVale McGee has played well for the Warriors. He's played terrible for everybody else. He's played great for the Warriors when he was there. The only team he played better for than the Warriors was uh, the Shaq and the Fool highlights. Right. Yeah. He, he's, he's, <laughs> he actually did have legit highlights for the Warriors. And you see what that organization, what that coaching, and what that core can do for a role player. And it's outstanding. Um, I want to jump into hockey, obviously. We're getting a little excited because St. Louis, unbelievable yesterday. Um, completely dominated. And here they are 5 0 win over the Sharks. We've been wanting this. I mean, if they don't do it now, it's never going to happen. I mean, you're up 3-2, you go home. The Blues fans are really, you know, fired up. Talk about that because you know, the Blues are hanging out. And, you know, the time is now. I, I think I've said this at least 10 times to you, but the time is now for the Blues. 
Yeah, th- this is going to be another team that's going to make me eat my words and my humble pie because just like the Celtics, I've been telling everybody, I'm like, no, I think the Sharks are, are going to come through in this series. But I don't know. I mean, that was a beating that the Blues put on the Sharks to get that 5 nothing win. And, you know, I didn't believe it at first, but I did watch some of um, that last game when they went 5 nothing, and they actually are a more physical team than the Sharks, which I had a hard time believing when the Sharks have – you know, a good defenseman, but he's kind of a good finesse defenseman in Carlson. A lot of speed, a lot of offense. Um, you get a lot of offense out of Brent Burns, too, but Brent Burns is like a 6'5", 230-pound monster that just crushes people. And I figured that between him and uh, Joe Thornton, that they would just out-muscle people in the offensive zone, but it just hasn't just hasn't really come true. I thought, I, I thought for sure that there's no way the Blues would be able to out-muscle these guys. Uh, was just, my but, gosh, I feel like he's been playing since we were in middle school. He's, I think he's been playing since we were in elementary school, man. <laughs> I'd have to look that up, like what year he was drafted. But yeah. How old is Joe Thornton? Can we find this out? Oh, he's, real he's quick. definitely in his 40s. Uh, I think so. I mean, yeah. yeah right so we're, we're, we're hopping on the old Google machine. I'm going to figure this one out real quick for our fans here. Oh, he's 39. He's 39. Oh, so close. Yeah, I mean, he's been around. You know, he's been with the Sharks for a little bit. No, oh, yeah. No, he's been there. Um, he's actually been there most of his career, I believe. Uh, he was drafted in uh, 97, first overall by the Bruins. Yeah. So I knew that. I mean, the, guy, the guy's been a stud since day one. And, uh, you know, just a great pro, great hockey player. Yeah, he's just barely had... Uh, yeah, he edged out his Boston days by a few years playing for San Jose. But, I mean, great career. I kind I want to see him get in there, win a trophy, but I, don't, I just I don't know. Every, with everyone that I talk to that definitely knows hockey more than me, they've been picking the Blues. So yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to get schooled on this one, unfortunately. <laughs> I think it's um it's been a lot of fun getting into this hockey thing. I know we had talked about it. On uh, weirdly, I should say, uh, basketball podcast, my other podcast I run, um, we we do- we dove into hockey a little bit. And one thing that I noticed, you know, especially being out here in Michigan, I know this is kind of a off topic a little bit, but um, it's one of those sports where I truly feel, especially now having a son, I really want him to get into hockey. I think the opportunity, you know, is is better um, for young athletes because. You got to be ultra athletic. I get it. You got to be talented, but there's not a huge, you know, focus on size. You know, there is smaller guys that can play hockey. And, you know, you know, being out here and, and you grew up in cold weather, you know, anytime you grow up in somewhere where it's kind of cold, you're going to play hockey. You're going to play pond hockey. You're going to, you're going to be on the ice. You're going to be around people that are really into hockey. Um, would you agree with that? But also like, how is the hockey out there in mass? Is it a, is it a decent huge? Hockey, yeah, I mean hockey. Hockey's pretty big out here. I mean, in New New England in general. um, I mean, you see, as far as like American players when they come up through college, most of the schools are in New England, and then of course you have some others like Minnesota that um, are out in the Midwest. But you know, hockey is big here. The issue around where I live is that there's not really a hockey rink. nearby like for a team you'd have to you know go like 30 minutes in any direction at least 
to get right. to uh, one of the venues that have an ice rink. Um, so like my high school didn't have a hockey team, and I had, definitely have a few friends that played pond hockey, but never actually played in a real league or anything, and they always wished they did. Well, Boston's been prominent in hockey for a while. I just, I guess, I made a bigger. Um, picture of the whole state which is you know like let's be honest oh yeah i think Michigan, the whole state's pretty good but obviously the closer you get to detroit the better the players are the better the teams are um i think no matter what when we when we think of hockey in america we think of minnesota boston um i would say michigan and uh, wisconsin are places you know ohio's okay um you know i think i think you think boston minnesota always you know, yeah, always, and you also you also have Maine and uh, New Hampshire. You know, right. uni- University of Maine, University of New Hampshire, they're always pretty good. I don't, I mean, they sometimes pop up and they'll upset like a Harvard or a BU. Um, but I mean, they have the bean pot out here, which is huge. When that yeah. comes around, basically, like you know, your quick little uh, NCAA tournament that they do over here in Boston, which is a lot of fun. No, yeah, that, that thing's awesome. I mean, I've been keeping up with that over the years, and I, I'm looking in here in the uh, and uh, Michigan hockey's had some good success. You know, Michigan and Michigan State have had some really good teams, um, some national championships, but I'm looking at the hockey 1998 Michigan National Championship banner just hanging here. Oh, you have to go a ways back to see that one, then. Yeah, you know, University of Michigan's had some proud hockey history. Yost Ice Arena is... If you are in Michigan, you want to have affordable sports and see an awesome old venue, go to Yost Ice Arena, um, Mr. Google Ben, and you will just be like, oh, wow, I want to check out a game there. Um, but yeah, hockey is really becoming uh, more a part of my life with sports. I'm looking forward to continuing that over the years because I think it's a great sport. And, and we talked about it before. We, I want to see it grow because I do think it's so much fun to watch. Playoff hockey, there's not much like it. No, definitely not. Uh, that's, I mean, when you, when you talk about sports and how things ramp up in the playoffs, I don't think there's a sport that, you know, really jumps up as many levels as hockey does going from the regular season to playoffs. I think baseball and hockey are very close to each other. I think baseball, you know, the, I love baseball playoffs. And uh, we're not going to get into baseball yet because there's a thousand games left. But once we get in the summer, the basketball's over. Um, we're going to have a lot of baseball talk. And I can't wait for the uh, listeners to get in on that and some feedback. Um, you know, obviously on the page, you know, I'm noticing, hey, man, we're, we're starting to get more Michigan people following. We need more Bostonites to get on it. And, uh, but I'm excited. Uh, I want to touch on one thing we I messaged you earlier about. I know it's a, a little bit of uh, just kind of throwing a dart in the dark. But LeBron, I mean, I think Magic Johnson posting what he did and the, the Lakers talking LeBron. I do want to touch on that. My thing is it's so crazy that an organization like the Lakers, maybe the Knicks even, has these struggles when they have the money always. Now you have a star, LeBron. What's the situation in your thoughts with the Lakers? I think it's a mess, and I just don't know if they can get anybody good enough who's going to want to dive into that. Well, at first I thought we were just getting into a like brand-new soap opera that was getting filmed out there. You got magic coming out, just throwing Palenka right under the bus. That was that was amazing. I don't know. You made, you made a comment on Facebook, too, saying that um, you were kind of repeating and quoting 
magic saying that he doesn't let things get to him but i kind of think that all right like obviously he's holding on to this for a little while it's been a few months since he stepped down and now he's coming out and taking his shots at palenka like all right well you didn't really let this one roll off you like you claim you do but um yeah i don't i don't know what like what was going on with that because you did you had all those rumors coming out saying that magic was hardly ever in the office um that he's too busy going to michigan state games and like his business stuff yeah i mean and that he like he was there more for like personal joy than actually out there like trying to scout you know a Cassius Winston or somebody. Um, yeah, I, I mean I don't know a whole lot about Palinka, so I don't really know what to think about. Um, you know, did he say these things? You know, how much should I believe Magic as opposed to Palinka? It's kind of just a he said, he said type yeah. thing right now. I'm going to enlighten you a little bit, and I think people will love this because uh, this is the, the true story. I, the outside information, but also it's insider. Oh, look at you. Like a University of Michigan grad played on the 1989 national championship team here. Um, he's been an agent for a while, and he's also been uh, tied to Kobe Bryant. So there was some ties there. It did make sense. He gets in the Lakers organization. Um, they, they had a really good start, and Magic had mentioned that today. They drafted really well. As much as people um, don't uh, appreciate Alonzo Ball, you know, Magic mentioned today he loves the pick. He loves how they picked him. He, they think he's a good point guard. They love the drafting of uh, Josh Hart, um, who was a very good player. And uh, they also love the, the young players they have in Kuzma that they drafted um, and Ingram. So when Magic was there, the the Kuzma, the Josh Hart, the Lonzo, that was good work. So it wasn't like Magic was sitting around and, and traveling all the time. He, he had good draft picks he was a part of. And he mentioned that today, and I thought that was great. The Palenka thing started because of an email that Palenka and Jeannie Buss accidentally uh, tagged Magic in. Uh-oh. So that's why we're where we are as far as the soap opera. And that was uh, brought up not too long ago. And um, it's, it's unfortunate because I thought the Palenka magic deal was cool for me, being from Michigan. You know, Michigan sure. You know, the greatest player ever to play Michigan State, maybe the greatest Laker, arguably. So, yeah, it's just a lot of mess out there. And Magic's got a lot going on. I've, I've seen Magic in person a lot, being from Michigan, you know, Lansing's third where I'm from. And, He's got a lot of business stuff going on. I, I think it was good for him not to be there no more. But it is sad because I think they were going the right direction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you bring up like really good points, like with how they drafted. I like some of those players too. I really love the Josh Hart pick, just because. I mean, it was really under the radar. Um, you know, you were looking at guys like Ball and Ingram. That are taking up all the headlines, but I think they actually probably are getting more value at a heart than either one of those guys. I mean, Ball's had an issue staying healthy. Ingram's inconsistent. Um, I don't know. Was a do you know if Magic was GM when they drafted Julius Randle? Uh, no, no, he was not. He was um, all right. Obviously, he was a big. You know, the thing he talked about today was was they had to get rid of D'Angelo D'Angelo Russell, who was a really good player, but they had the a lot of issues with him and a lot of personal stuff going on within the locker room. So uh, they, they talked about that today on uh, ESPN first take about the, the movement they needed to 
to have and, and the players they've drafted, they feel like they're in the right direction. And now Magic's really coming out, you know, and, and putting some uh, some bugs in the air of KD, how they, you know, they would love to have KD there. I'm going to be honest, I want to talk about that now because the movement this summer is going to be critical for a lot of organizations. Oh, yeah. It's going to be critical for the Celtics all by you. It's going to be critical for New York, which is by you. Um, I think those two organizations, and then you have the Lakers, I'm really curious to see what happens. I really hope for New York's sake, they just get all they need. They get Kyrie, they get KD. I think that would be huge. I think it would pump up the Knicks. I think they would be really good. I don't think they'd win a championship, but I think they would be really good. I think that it's really weird that they're going to go right back to where they started maybe or lesser than that. And that's scary because now you have scary Terry Rozier saying he would love to play for the Knicks. It's incredible to me that these guys are so open with it. That, hey, I would love to play here. I'd love to play there. Um, talk, about, talk about Boston and New York. I mean, this is a critical summer for both. Yeah. So I'll start with Boston, but um, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, depending on who you keep, like, I mean, they're really, like rolling the dice the hardest thing today in sports is player retention and trying to retain the best players that you can and i mean when you have all the drama that the celtics have just been through uh i don't like it's real i don't know like it's really hard to predict what is that roster going to look like in this next season coming up uh you know do you keep hayward what is Kyrie doing because i mean He's probably the toughest guy to try to like pinpoint where his landing spot is right now, just because you know you can't tell what's going on in that guy's head. And then Terry Rozier, like you said, you know he says if uh, Hayward or Kyrie comes back, then he's gone. Um, like there's just there's a lot of balls up in the air over there. The Knicks, on the other hand, you kind you you already know what they're gonna do. Is they're they're gonna, you know, I hope for them they take R.J. Barrett and they don't get cute. And, trade anything just take rj barrett the guy is going to be a good talent um if he does isn't a number one then i think like you know he can at least reach a ceiling of being a scotty pippen type that, that number two two like a kevin durant if you can bring him in yeah uh, type thing so i think that'd be a good fit for him but you know that the knicks are going to be going out there and they're trying they're going to be throwing the money at these big names that are going to be out in free agency um, and trying to bring people in saying, hey, come to our media market, Nike, Adidas, they're all watching us and seeing what yeah. we're going to do. Um, so, you know, that, that's even more, you know, financial opportunities for these players. So it's not, it won't be much of a surprise. It'll kind of be a surprise, I guess, for the Knicks to see who they get. But I mean, I kind of hope not being somebody that's, you know, just a fan of one team in the NBA, I do want to see the Knicks kind of come back to prominence, get back in the playoffs, you, you know, make a championship run just because they are a historic franchise and you want to see those guys, those teams get back into it, especially when they've been in a long drought like the Knicks have and with all the dysfunction that they've had in the last decade. Yeah, absolutely. That Eastern Conference is going to be outstanding if, if there's some good movement for the Knicks and they can get a big name like KD and Kyrie or, or something like that. Whereas uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi in Toronto. I know that there's a lot of talk on that end as well. Him going west, him going to the Clippers. 
I know that Magic had mentioned he would love to see him in a Lakers uniform. thought that was kind of uh, unique and something that hasn't been mentioned a ton, even though it was mentioned this year a little bit, where LeBron needed that extra star and Kawhi's name comes up. But yep. obviously, AD was the big one, and, and we don't know where he's going to go. And then that goes back into the Zion talk we had on episode one. You don't know what's going to happen with AD. Is it going to be him staying this year? Um, lot to cover. lot to see this summer. Again, I'm excited about the the finals, NHL and NBA, though, that that's first things first. But, um, yeah, we're going to end the show a little quicker today because usually when me, me and Ben get on here, we uh, we go for uh, about an hour. I want to talk about a couple things uh, to finish. I'm going to let you lead, Ben, if you have anything on your mind. We'll finish the show off. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I just want to thank everybody, uh, you know, that's downloading Anchor and giving this a listen and even – watching our videos that we put out on the ball and beards podcast page just to give like quick thoughts on our own um you know something cool i think that will be good to like you know have people get our faces uh in their minds when they're listening to this you know give you something to picture i know i've spoke with a bunch of people when i was trying to uh you know talk this up and start really kind of advertising this and kind of get like an idea of what people want in this one we can't be running up against the clock like we have been with yeah. our, our other recordings but darn right you know um That's fault. yeah <laughs> yeah I we just weren't watching the clock on that one but <laughs> the uh but you know the people that uh you know they want to know like you know who they're listening to put a face to that name in that voice and um you know obviously that we're starting off with people that know us uh, personally so but you know the people from Michigan don't know me so it's a good good spot for them to see what I look like and you know how I operate and same for the people that I know getting to know you so I'm, I mean I'm just looking forward to this journey it's going to be great yeah, sports is such an awesome thing in our lives and, and obviously um, you know the Bond Beer's name is, is a great you know if anyone's seen Ben I mean I think that there's not a better beard in America. I need to trim it up, man. It's getting wild right now. <laughs> yeah, add this. I got a couple guys I might get on the show from out here. They're, they're basketball guys. Um, I want to drop those names real quick. Uh, number one, Tahan Johnson runs an awesome pro-am uh, in Columbus, Ohio, called uh, the Kingdom League Summer uh, Pro-Am. And they have Trey Burke in it, uh, Jared Sollinger. Those are Ohio guys, obviously. He has a couple other NBA right. guys that show up. I believe uh, somebody who I'm not too fond of, Evan Turner, who I just completely bashed the other day. <laughs> I hope Evan's not there. He's kind of a big boy. But uh, Tahan's got a beard. My other friend, James Bradley, great coach out here. He's bearded. I mean, are we going to do our show strictly when we have you know people on? Do they have to have a beard, or how do we do this? We can figure out some something like facial, uh, facial hair-wise that – you know, if you don't have a beard, at least be bringing like a nice mustache to the table. You know, <laughs> something that we can put a picture out and be like, "Here's the goofball that's talking with us." <laughs> Andre Pirano from Fadeaways and Fundamentals needs to get a beard because you know he's lacking at this point. I think it's a Cali thing, a little softer, a little more clean cut. Keep it classy, San Diego. Well, we just don't here in Detroit and Boston. It just doesn't happen that way. Um, we're a little more gritty. We've got our playoff beards on. But, no, I, I'm excited, too. I mean, the 
sports is just a huge part of our lives and, and it's it's going to be big. I can't wait to keep doing this. Um, episode three, we're going to get into, obviously, we'll find out who's in the NHL Stanley Cup final. We're hoping that it's the Blues and the Bruins. And uh, we might have to make like a trip or something if that happens. We might have to go back to Missouri. Yeah, I mean, that might be, it might even be cheaper just trying to get into St. Louis to see the game with plane tickets and everything rather than just driving up over to Boston to go see the or the Bruins in the Stanley Cup. Those tickets get outrageous. Oh, yeah, that is incredible. St. Louis is a pretty cool sports town. I mean, you know, we were out there. It's not bad. You know, the Cardinals is awesome. You know, that's an awesome scene. They love their baseball out there. Uh, the football situation was really weird. I've never been a part of a city that, that was like it was when it came to football. It was like it didn't matter. And I think there's a, obviously, rightfully so, they don't have it anymore. I would love to see basketball out there. I think it's too small. But, man, they really love their basketball there. But hockey and baseball, you know, they, they really got it going on. And I'm excited for all those people out there. Hopefully we can get some more, uh, you know, St. Louis people uh, talking about this stuff so so again yeah episode two uh we'll get after uh episode three when we figure out what the heck's gonna happen with the stanley cup finals go blues let's go blues hopefully they get it done and uh we'll, we'll talk about that we will get into some baseball here eventually baseball fans stay patient it's a long season it's a long we don't stay away with baseball just yet and then once the summer hits we're really going to hit into baseball and football as a problem with the Cleveland Browns it's okay I, I give him a pass <laughs> we will definitely have our first arguments on the Cleveland Browns and we'll be wrong but we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get out we'll, we'll get after that <laughs> yeah, we will get after that I can't wait though I'm excited so today Thanks for listening. This is Ball and Beards. Every batter's Ben. Keep it growing. Keep the words flowing. I love it. And uh, we'll get after it on episode three. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you again, Ball and Beards podcast. Ben and myself will get back after it in a few days, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday. We want to see the movement in the playoffs. So, again, thanks for tuning in. This is Ball and Beards.